RC Plane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Did you have a productive weekend? I, I did not. I did, fact. for a change. Really? What'd you do? I did lots of stuff to the Duelist. Awesome. Yep, yep. You want to hear about it? No, because we're going off topic on what I have written down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, by all means, <laughs> let's talk about the release mistake. No, we can skip that one. <laughs> no, I want to hear about that no, one. No, so I made a little mistake last week when I went to release the episode on Thursday night. Um, usually I will post the episode for a little behind-the-scenes look for everybody that cares. Yeah. Uh, after, I edit them, or after I edit them, I usually release them Thursday night. Like, I'll upload them and get them ready for release on Friday. Um, I was off on my dates for some reason, and as soon as I clicked upload, you know, and, and go to publish... It showed me that I published it Thursday night. Right, because you can schedule them for release at a certain time and Anytime date. Anytime right? you want. Yeah, but you, you can just go had the date wrong. Months ahead. <laughs> I had the date wrong. Instead of the next day's date, I was going for the same day's date, which I didn't realize. So I went ahead and did it. And then it showed me that it was released. And I was like, oh, hold on. That should say future, not released. Sure enough, I went ahead and deleted it, hurried up, you know, as quick as I could, got it down went ahead and redid it with the you know correct date, which was still incorrect. Still incorrect. <laughs> and I published it a second time. Incorrectly. Incorrectly. <laughs> and then I realized what I was doing, so I unpublished it and went ahead and uh, republished it for the correct day. Uh, but we had several people uh, sneak in there and get that downloaded in that amount of time. So unfortunately, well, I guess not unfortunately. Which I but, think that's awesome because it, it tells me that there are at least a few epi- or folks out there who are anxiously anticipating our releases <laughs> and want to hear more from us. Yeah, like the first time it took <laughs> me a few minutes really to realize what was going on. Um, but yeah, so good job. You you snuck in on me and, and, and you got it, but uh, you got it a day a day early. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so if you did, good job. You know, hope you enjoyed it uh, a day early, a little little extra for you. But uh, that was my oopsie. From yeah. now on, I'll actually check the calendar and, and hopefully yeah. do it correctly. So you're not going to make that mistake this week. Hopefully. I, I will not. We'll get we'll get that so, set up. Maybe you know, <laughs> right, in we'll the see. bottom right corner of your laptop, there's a little clock down there. And if you, usually, if you click on it, it'll tell you what the day is. Well, and actually, in case you I'm, forget, I'm looking at my laptop right now, and it says on there what the date is. I just was not paying attention. Ah. It's my fault. I mean, <laughs> if you think you can do better, by uh, by all means, I'm not going to throw any stones because uh, <laughs> that's that's not something I want to even try. No, hey, it, listen, I'm, make cool. no mistake, I, I know who the brains of this operation is, and it's not me. And there's only two of us, so, I mean, that just pretty much leaves you. Well, and I, I don't feel like that, uh, that I'm the brain, so we're all oh, up creek without we're a paddle. We're screwed. <laughs> oh. Hey, speaking of screwed, uh, uh, so we're eventually uh-huh. going to do the propeller episode, the air screw episode. So Ron and I have been diligently uh, doing our homework and uh, compiling our notes, and we're very close to recording. So hopefully you can expect that episode pretty soon. I would even venture to say next week. Sweet. I, I mean, like it. Do you yep. agree? I, mean, I, I do. Agree. I do. It's going to be a good one, I think. I do too. It, Lots of information and it's there's some interesting stuff that I uncovered and learned even, which, you know, 
A lot of stuff that I didn't know or I knew and forgot or, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to it. So you'd be surprised how much there is with a a little spinny thing at the front of an airplane (laughs) that you you can figure out. Right. Yeah. It's like a wing, only vertical. Sort of. Vertical? Horizontal. Horror vertical. vertical. Ver- <laughs> I tried I like to get it right, but there you go. Uh-huh. Okay. Speaking of, of learning things, so I was cleaning my uh, my nightstand out over the weekend, and I came across a book I had completely forgotten about that I absolutely loved. So when I started flying, um, I was like a sponge. I wanted as much information as I could get trying to figure out how the physics of all this works because mm. I'm a yeah. nerd. Sure. <clears throat> well, I mean, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> you, you can. But I'm you're okay. A nerd. So there's a book that came out in 1944 and it's called Stick and Rudder, An Explanation of the Art of Flying. So this, like I said, was released a long time ago, but it goes over all of the basics of flight. I cannot recommend it enough for somebody that wants to know more about really how all of this works. Right. The chapters are broken apart into, well, like, I've got the book here. Oh, hit the table. Yep. Uh, chapter one is how a wing is flown. Chapter two is the airplane's gates. Chapter three is lift and buoyancy. Chapter four is the flying instinct. Yeah. It goes over wings, you know, the controls, basic maneuvers. Right. It's aimed for full-scale pilots, but, I mean, airplanes fly the same, big or small. Really, the principles, really the principles of flight grow with it. And what's what I'm looking for? The, they, I'm small not, translates to big. Yeah. I'll go along with that. So good yeah. book. I can't recommend it, it enough. So I've never read it myself, um, but I thumbed through it just a little bit here before we sat down. And <clears throat> my take on it is uh, I'm obviously not an engineer. I'm not a pilot, uh, or at least not a full-size pilot. Um, I would say that the explanations and descriptions and theories that are kind of presented in the book are more designed for a pilot. Uh, obviously a pilot doesn't need to understand really Bernoulli's principle or, or any of these other, um, theories and, uh, principles that are used to describe lift and, and why an airplane flies. A pilot doesn't really need to know that a pilot just needs to know, you know, how this happens or how that happens or what circumstances cause this or whatever. And that's how the book is written. So I, I actually kind of like the the perspective that the book comes from. Uh, Cause as a pilot, you, like I said, you don't need to understand Newton's third law or Bernoulli's principle or any of that kind of stuff. But it does a good awesome. job. It does a good job of explaining does. the basics. And right. that's absolutely, like I said, that's what I think is important to it. Um, it, it kind of goes over how you stall, why you stall, what's going on when your wing stalls, you yep. know, what a stall is and yep. all that kind of stuff. Right. It goes over landings, how to set up an approach, which you're doing the same thing, scale, you know, like models or full size. Right. So it's going to be the same setup. You're just yep. looking at it from a different view. Mm-hmm. So it was a very good book. I saw it. I'm going to give it to Tom to read. Yeah, so I'm going to take go it home it. And, uh, and, and read it. And I uh, cannot recommend it enough yeah. if you are wanting to learn more about the principles of flight. And it's and it's one thing Great to book. hear somebody talk about, for instance, how lift is developed. It's it's one thing to hear somebody talk about it, but to see it in print with you know with illustrations and things like that, it's really it's really pretty handy. 
Yeah. And keep in mind, 1944 is when this was originally published. You can still buy it. And still relevant. Still very relevant, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the science doesn't change. Newton's laws don't change. Nope. So, you know. Uh, good book, though. Yep. I like it a lot, actually. I can't wait to get home and read it when I have time. Uh, I got to ride my bike. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, other thing I wanted to bring up is we have uh, we have officially launched the RC Plane Lab forums. This is a place that, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of survey feedback saying that people wanted a place to kind of go and discuss things, post questions, be able to share like their own build blogs and all that kind of stuff. So the website is, are you ready for it? Forums.rcplanelab.com. That's I mean, easy enough. It can't get any, Heck, even any I can harder remember than that. that. And even if you spell it wrong and you do forum.rcplanelab.com, it takes <laughs> you to the right up. place. Nice. Um, but no, so here's the thing. Rome wasn't built in a day. There is not a lot of content there now. Uh, if you go over there, there's there's a few things to kind of post and talk about, but we really want to get some people over there filling out, you know, posting on the forums and doing some stuff. If this doesn't work and we don't get a lot of people doing it, we'll take it down. I mean, like, I'm not saying that as like, you do this or else, but I'm just <laughs> right. saying. It's this a threat. Is, <laughs> this is something we're trying. I'm excited to see how it turns out. It might work. It might not work. It, I think it could be really, um, really great. Uh, I, I'm a huge forums fan. I like RC forums. I'm on them, you know, at work all the time. Uh -huh. I'm saying forums, not forms. Right. Is that what you're laughing at me about? No. Um, have you been to our forums yet? Yeah. I, well, when you did the beta test, I was on there. Have you posted anything? I have not posted anything. I no. know. That's why I'm laughing. Well, so I'm, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm more of a reader than I am a poster. Oh. If that makes sense. So you're a stalker. Yeah. You're a forum stalker. I am a, sure, whatever. Okay, sure, um, that works. But I will, you know, I will go check them out. But I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of them because um, just like, just like, uh, you know, Facebook and, and other types of social media, you know, the news that you get is only as good as, as the people that put it on there, mm -hmm. right? So I like to see what other people think and what they do and what they're working on. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them, and, and hopefully uh, it'll take off, and I'll post some stuff on there. <laughs> I hope it'll take off. I, I like that. <laughs> I do, too. Um, yeah, you need to go visit and see what it's like, okay. though. Well, I, I will. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was underwhelmed during the, the beta test phase. I was, like, I expected it to have, you know, threads and categories and all that sort of stuff, but none of that stuff has been built out. So I was like, oh, there's nothing here. So you didn't think to post something. Why, to be honest, I didn't know if I could. I didn't know if I was allowed because I didn't technically like register as a new user. How did you register? I just went to the, I clicked the beta test link that you sent me and that's where it took me. I just assumed it like. But then you registered. I must have at some point because I had my username popped up because you gave me a hard time about my username. I still think you ought to change it. Wow, we got way off topic on that one. I'm going to have to really. see where we're we... still talking about the forums. That's uh. on our notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I don't think everybody wants to hear the behind the scenes on that yeah. one. Um, no, but with the forums, so it's, like I said, the whole point of it is to have a place for all of our buddies, all of our people that listen to us to go ask questions, see what everybody else is working on, and just kind of have a place to hang out. Like I said, if it works, great. If it doesn't work... Well, I, I hope it does. Let's well, and, just put it and that here's way. the thing: it you know all of our users or users, excuse me, all of our listeners are sort of not connected 
together. Yeah. Th- their only connection is listening to us every Friday or whenever they choose to download the, the episode. This would be a way for them to connect with each other. Yeah. And either talk about RC planes or talk about the podcast and talk about whatever they want. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a, it's a, it, it's like, it adds another link to the chain. I think connecting us all together. Beautifully said. You know I like that. that. that no, I, no, I get it. That does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're trying it out. Go over, uh, see what it's like. Yeah. Uh, you can also go to, uh, you can also go to rcplanelab.com and click on the, the forms link on the top. Uh, which at this point I don't have it set up and that's why I stumbled for a second because I forgot I haven't <laughs> done that yet. Uh, but I will get the links all set up on there. So, Hey, speaking of the website, yeah. um, you know, we don't, we don't hit it very often, but there's actually a lot of stuff on our website. Like there's links to swag. If you want to buy, you know, shirts and stuff like that, there's uh, you know, there's links to, to, um, uh, our listener photos. There's the stuff that we're doing with the duelist that we're posting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the website. So if you're not hitting the website, um, you know, it's not a bad place to, to check out. Yeah. There's uh, electric motors, all that stuff's on there too. Uh, beginner RC airplane page. It kind of yeah. goes over everything. So yep. yeah, it's pretty cool. There's been a lot of work going to it. Yeah, there has. So <laughs> all on right. your part, I mean, oh, it's I mean, okay. you've done a lot of work to, to keep it updated and to post my pictures that I send to you <laughs> that I don't post myself. <laughs> you know what? You can start posting them on the forums. Hey, that's not a bad idea. That's maybe not I'll a bad maybe idea. I'll start a, a build thread on the duelist or something, just kind of dump all the pictures I have there. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll do that. That's a great idea. So cool. Uh so the other thing I was able to do this weekend. <laughs> um we okay. So I asked my wife about you know we okay, so we talked I love this story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is classic how Ron and Crystal, uh, how their relationship works. So, you know, before when we were talking about hanging the airplanes in the garage, she told me no holes in the wall. No holes in the wall. Um, nothing permanent. Nothing permanent. Correct. Right. Because she didn't want to have to fix it. And, and I guess if I move stuff or anything like that. Well, so that I, wasn't the reason you told me she said that. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I don't want to well, get anybody in trouble. Oh, but. Yeah, no, I'm, you can't, you're not going to get me in trouble. So the reason she didn't want that done uh, was pretty much out of spite because <laughs> earlier in the year, she wanted to hang some garden, like garden hose, garden utensil, all that kind of stuff out in the garage on the wall. And I told her, no, I didn't. <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to walk out to the garage and see a whole bunch of stuff, gardening stuff, hanging It's not airplanes. Wall. You don't want to go out there and see a bunch of stuff that's not airplanes. Well, is that a bad thing? <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not judging. Okay. So and I, I kind of like to have the garage be presentable because I don't know why, but I, I like to have that. You know, that's where I have a TV out there. I have, we have stuff out there we can hang out with. Our that's fancy our, new laser cutters out there. I was going to say, that's where our laser cutter is. So I'm going to be spending some time out there. So... Friday, I asked her, I was like, hey, I'm coming to you to ask for permission, even though I know it's better to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so so right. let's, let's look at that because you know what? I'm coming to you just to make sure this for is okay. Permission. Yeah. I said, I would like to put some racks on the wall and just put two screws in each one of these little, uh, little brackets that go up so I can hang my planes out there. And she said, pretty much I'll quote, just do whatever you want. So I got permission from her to go ahead and hang the stuff <laughs> See, outside. your definition of permission and mine are clearly different. See, what? No, what, so, what's wrong with that? <clears throat> that 
that sort of that sort of permission, I'm using my air quotes here, that sort of permission is the kind of permission that can come back and bite you, you know, years, months, years down the road. See, a, a clear permission is something to the tune, at least in my house, something to the <laughs> tune of, oh yeah, that's okay. I don't I don't mind it. That'll be fine. Oh, that might actually look kind of neat. That's a clear you have the green light to do whatever this is. Okay, do whatever you want. I don't care. That is not the same type of permission. And it's not in my household anyway. Oh, she said to go ahead and do it. That's oh, what boy. I heard. That's not the end of that, folks. <laughs> no, I think it is. Because, you know, I'm going to be, uh, to be 100% honest, we, we have talked about it before. And she even admitted the only reason she didn't want it hanging uh, <laughs> was pretty much out of spite. You know, she said, you wouldn't let me hang my stuff, so I'm not going to let you hang your stuff. And we kind of talked about it. We joked about it. We laughed about it. So now is she going to hang some garden utensils out there now, too? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even going to, no, like, give her any no. concessions? Or... Well, I tried to. Actually, she, she... So, you know, I built the cabinets for the front of the garage, and she has a whole bunch of space out there for, for storing her stuff for the garden. Um, and we do have gardening stuff in the garage yeah so it's just not I mean, hanging on the wall it's it's, it's on the <laughs> ground um but no. wouldn't it look better if it was hanging up and organized on the wall i mean you don't need all f three walls out there right i offered to build her a little um a shed for out by the garage and so that, she would have to go outside to or no i'm sorry a shed for out by the garden so which is where again you, she would have to go outside to go put her stuff away or take it out or that whatever. she uses in the garden yeah it's perfect because it's right by the garden you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to that's, carry it from the garage to the garden that's a good point right and she said she didn't want it which by the way not to get way too off topic because well it's going to happen to people <laughs> the left side of my shop of the the, the outbuilding we have is fully stocked with all of her stuff for gardening she just doesn't have to walk all the way out there to get it and go to the garden, which I'm I'm cool with that. That's why there's some stuff out for, or out in the in the garage, but the stuff that she doesn't use, but like once a year, is out in the shop. So you know we've we've made that compromise kind of thing. So the okay. stuff she uses like daily or weekly sure. for the garden it's in the is garage. in the shop. Or in the, sorry, you're right in the garage. Yeah. So now we're cool. But anyway, so I did get these racks hung. <laughs> so you got permission. I got permission. I mean, it was an astounding, sure, do whatever you want. So that's, that's I did whatever that's I wanted. That's your green light. Okay. Um, and I ended up, I put three holes in each one instead of two. And that's that's on me. I'm sorry. But I couldn't get to stay up there right with two. Um, so I, I screwed them in. I mean, it looks nice. And she admitted it looks nice. She has no problem with them being up. Uh, so my next step is going to be So to take, she says. I can only take her at her word, Tom. Well, that's true. I mean, so I, I don't read between the lines with things. I think people that know me know if I tell you something, that's exactly what I mean. And if you tell me something, that's exactly what I'm going to go with. True. Yeah. I don't I don't beat around the bush. That's true. Um, so my next step is to take the wooden uh, racks down that I built and actually hang those directly on the wall too. So I'm excited about that. But the only thing I have to do now... A lot of the airplanes that are a little bit too big to hang on there, uh, so I'm going to have to try and find some scrap iron or, or some some scrap iron or something out in the shop to kind of weld onto the the shelf brackets to make oh, it a little to bit make longer. Them, the arms longer. Yeah. I gotcha. So yep. that way I can actually get bigger planes stored on it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. So yeah, fun. That's a fun project. It it's always be. fun when you can play with your airplanes, even if it's just <laughs> arranging them in storage. No, I agree. 
I, and every time you handle your airplane is an opportunity for you to do what? Break it? Inspect it. Oh. <laughs> we were going the Funny how our, yeah, how completely we. Completely different way. Different, uh, yeah. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, which reminds me, uh, we haven't flown it yet, but I did go ahead and get the Telemaster all put back together. Oh, sweet. Finally. Okay. Um, I, and then, then I hung it back on the wall. So That's whenever awesome. we're ready to go out, that thing is ready to go. Well, it won't be this weekend because I have, you know, I have to work. I know. But hopefully the, the next weekend, hopefully we'll have the nice fall weather with hopefully mild winds and mild temperatures. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'd like a, a good day trip mm-hmm. out to the shop or out to, oh my gosh. I'd like a good day trip out to the field. It's been a while for me. Yeah. I know you were just there, but well, it's been a while for me. just there. That was two weeks ago already. Oh man, time flies. Right? Anyway. So um, yeah, my duelist update. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So I got... Both panels sheeted, which is no small feat because there's a lot of internal structure on my wing uh, that I have to worry about that you're not too worried about with yours, landing gear, you know, retractable landing gear, this right. stuff like that, uh, and the mounting blocks. And once once all that internal structure is covered with sheeting, it's not easy to then locate the holes for said uh, <laughs> that totally distracted me. <laughs> like so many comments. Um, Sorry, I took a drink and I couldn't find the straw very well. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that internal structure gets covered by the sheeting and then it's not easy then to locate the holes underneath the sheeting because the sheeting is obscuring your view. So I took a bunch of pictures and uh, came up with a plan, which the pictures uh, you so graciously posted on our website with I did. the captions. I did. Uh, so if you want the the how-to on how I did that, it's there. But quickly, I made a template and used that to then lay over the top of the sheeting once the wing was sheeted to make my cutouts. And a it clear worked. template. Yes. And it worked beautifully. It really did. Uh, my cutouts are, are very, very clean and they're spot on where the servo and the gear mount uh, are located. So... Both panels are sheeted. Um, I've still got some small trimming to do on, you know, where the gear retracts. I have to make the, you know, the cutout for the rest of that. Um, but but after that, I'm ready to join the two panels together to become one, one wing. And then I will be almost caught up with you. Well, no, because you're ahead of me on the, on the wing. Well, am I though? Like your wing is one piece. True. Like, I'll be, I'll be honest. I've been stalling on this wing part now because... I am at the point where you just did what you had to do with lining up the the holes in the sheeting for the oh, servos. Okay. I wasn't sure how to do it, so I kind of shied away from it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm glad, like timing-wise, this worked out perfect yeah. because now with you doing that, I know how to do it. Yeah, it's and easy. And it's dead simple. I mean, there's oh, yeah. nothing to it. And in Even fact, I, I actually, yeah, I actually made the cutouts in my sheeting before I glued it to the airframe. Which, right, which yeah, was that would ideal be my plan. because then I could use you know those holes to line everything up, and yeah, it, it worked out really, really well. So I encourage anyone who's interested in in seeing how I did that to get on the website and look at the pictures and read the descriptions. Yeah, which is what I did, and now I know what I'm supposed to do next. Yep. So hopefully I'll have a chance to do that this weekend. I I don't know why I wouldn't. Uh, last weekend was kind of busy. I, you know, I was hanging airplanes in the garage, um, so <laughs> that took permission. up a lot of time. Well, yeah, I mean. I, it was a resounding yes in my mind, so that part is done. Well, I mean, you took her at her word, so. Yeah. And, and she said, do whatever. So, do whatever. So, I mean, that really kind of clears the clears the way for you to do whatever kind of you want out there, right? Oh, I thought about some other things I wanted to do, but I didn't do it yet, so, yeah. 
So yeah, that's uh, that's my dualist update. Um, it doesn't sound like much now that I now that I've uh, to put it out there, but it no, was actually you were, you were excited about all the stuff yeah, you did, and you it was actually quite a bit of work. And, didn't do uh, much. Um, yeah. No, that's cool though. Uh, so yeah, I'll catch up to you this weekend for sure. But well, I did. You were already. I mean, you've started the fuselage. I am. I haven't even begun fuselage or nacelle construction. I like, got. I, I got have my only worked on the wing. I got my nacelle designed. Oh yeah. And I think I'm ready to cut. Except I'm going to wait. I ordered the motors for it, so I think I want to wait and get those on and just kind of mock it up, if you will, before I actually cut anything. So I know everything's going to line up right and do it the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Well, but, that's a good plan. And I should have those tomorrow. Uh, like I said, this is Tuesday we're recording, so Amazon? I'm supposed to have those tomorrow. Amazon. Nice. Yeah. And we'll be able to get that stuff kind of set up. What uh, what size motors did you end up with? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that, and I don't remember oh, what I'm it was. Sorry. I'd have to look it up for sure. But okay. well, I mean, they, end up, they were only like 25 bucks a piece. Hmm. Which I don't think what sort of bad. power like requirement for those? Uh, it'll run on a 3 to a 5 cell LiPo. Oh, okay. Like a 3000 or something like that? Maybe a little bit bigger. It'll have to be a little bit bigger than that. I'm I'm pl- I'm planning on putting like a, a four or five thousand uh, battery in it. Yeah, it all depends. It, it all depends on the size, but I'm going to go right. with four S for sure. And I think that should be enough power on that. So, and that each one of the motors, I think it said on there, is supposed to pull like twenty one hundred and fifty grams, which is four and a half pounds. Dual or double that up. I, I mean, what do you think this airplane is going to weigh? It's not going to be a nine or ten pound airplane. It's probably going to be close to that. That's what I thought. It's going to be like a nine or ten pound airplane. Because <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm projecting mine like, and I'm I'm being conservative. I'm saying mine's going to weigh eleven and a half to twelve. Yours is going to be really heavy though, right? Because you have a lot more going yeah. into it than I do. And dang, dang it, Dave Platt, the guy that designed the airplane, he said like he always advertised like nine pounds or something like that. I think it even says on the plans like nine. Yeah, you're not going to build this airplane at nine pounds unless you're taking severe measures with with wood you know choice and lightning holes and i mean there's just no way to build this airplane that light with nitro power uh so i'm i'm yeah, optimistic optimistic i'm gonna say 11 and a half pounds but mine's gonna be probably closer to 12 but we'll see i mean i've i've been very careful you've helped me out with uh cutting holes you know lightning holes in the in the wing ribs and and the fuselage uh formers and things like that so uh we'll see I'm I'm hoping for eleven and a half or under would be fantastic, but I'm guessing it's going to be close to twelve, even with Monaco. This will be interesting. I can't wait to actually yeah. find out because mine, like I said, I know mine's going to be lighter than yours. Absolutely. I don't have nearly yeah, no everything going into yep. it. That you absolutely. Do. I don't have the retractable or the retractable gear. Right. So I don't have the air tank. I don't have the airlines. I don't have the, the servos valve, for your motors. The servos for the two throttles. Your, for yep. your for your throttle or your yep. throttle servos. There's just a lot of stuff that I will not have, and the extra weight just of the retracts too. I mean, all that like yeah, the they're not physical light. retracts. And I chose three sixteenths uh, wire for the gear legs because I wanted it to because it's I'm anticipating it being heavy, uh, which I had to bend. Which that was you know that's another story. <laughs> well, tell us what what you do. Well, that's kind of a, that, that's one of the other things I got done this weekend. Um, you know, to finish the, the cutouts for the wing, I had to have the gear. And to have the gear, I needed to know how long the gear legs needed to be. And to have the gear legs at the right length, they had to be bent because they come straight. Uh, so I had to go to Lowe's uh, buy a torch, which I couldn't believe I didn't own. Like I went out into the garage just assuming there was a torch out there because like 
who doesn't have a torch in their workshop. Right. Um, but then I was out there, I was like, you know, I don't recall ever buying a torch. So <laughs> I just assumed <laughs> I one just would, assumed magically, would appear. magically appear in my garage, which it didn't. So to Lowe's I went, I bought, uh, you know, kind of a middle of the road, what I thought, oh, this burns a uh, propane powered torch will be fine. Says it'll do, you know, light brazing and whatever else. Uh, I think it even said the flame temperature is like 1,800 degrees or whatever. I'm like, and I'm thinking back to my machinist days, 1,800. Yeah, that's enough to get uh, steel, you know, red hot. So I bought it, got home, uh, chucked my gear in the vise. And, you know, when you bend wire gear, uh, you have to account for material stretch and things like that. So usually wherever you make your mark for the bend is it's not going to end up where the bend actually happens. So you have to factor in, you know, uh, a small amount of uh, waste. So I marked my gear. Let's say I wanted my gear bend, you know, the 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 bend for the wheel, you know, the right angle bend at the end of the gear leg. Say I wanted that to be three inches from the from the retract unit. Well, you don't. I don't mark it at three inches. I mark it in this case since I was using three sixteenths. I use half of that thickness. So half of three sixteenths is three thirty seconds. One and a half sixteenths. Three thirty seconds. So I, <laughs> I I go out to three inches and then I subtract three thirty seconds and that's where I make my mark and that's where I chuck it in the vise where I'm gonna bend it over. I don't have one of those cool K and S tubing benders or wire benders or I think Dubro makes a nice one too. I don't own one of I should, but I don't bend enough wire to justify buying one. Although now maybe I will. Yeah. Because this mean, was quite bought, a chore. You bought some torches, so Yeah. <clears throat> well I'm glad you said torches because the first torch wasn't hot enough. <laughs> To get the to get the gear wire red hot the way it needs to be to bend it without breaking the you know the hardened wire. So back to Lowe's I go and uh, I get the map torch this time the 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 big daddy the yellow has a yellow cylinder it's map gas or yeah. not map gas yeah no, map you're right. gas yeah and that did the trick that got it hot. Uh, to you the, bought you bought another torch. Yeah, you know you can just get the different gas for it, right. The, the first torch I bought, according to Burnsomatic, that torch tip or whatever only works with propane, the propane, the green propane cylinders. Oh. So apparently the, the, the... Not even the blue ones? No, it's not adjustable. Like you click the button and there's there's not even a flame adjustment. It's just on. What, you get the cheapest one you could find? Well, I mean, it wasn't the most expensive, no. <laughs> so I got the... Would have been cheaper to buy a good one, right, instead of two? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or you should have asked me because seriously, I, have, I have like four. You're like 25 ish minutes away. So that's, you know, an hour out here. And but then you get to, to see get, me. Well, yeah, I do. And that's all the more reason not to, not come, out to here. come out here. I got you. So anyway, I see enough wow. of you. So I, I went back to Lowe's and got the, the big daddy uh, torch, the map gas. And it's actually a really nice torch. I'll, I foresee using it on lots of other projects, but um, <laughs> it did the trick. It got the wire hot enough to where I could bend it. So two trips to Lowe's, two torches. I'm not going to mention how much I spent on these two torches combined. It was more than I care to admit. It was It was two used RC engines that I could have bought, okay? Two used nitromos I could have bought for the, what I paid yeah, for but what's the, you, I don't know what a used one is. Well, you can get, you know, if you search the forums, like I'm always searching the, the buy and sell, you can get a good, you know, 40 size nitro motor used one that's in good shape for 45, 50 bucks or so. So you spent a hundred bucks on two. I mean, that would have been so much quicker to say. 
Spend a hundred bucks on two torches. Well, I mean, that's how I look at like costs. Like how many used engines can I buy for what I'm spending on? That's how I. But see, this is things. this is a tool, so that comes out of a different budget. That's not like no, the. Not oh really. yeah. Oh sure it does. No. That doesn't maybe at your out. house, but at my house, it's one budget for everything. No, I have budgeted or budgeted money for the RC airplane stuff. I have, but no. So yeah, the the tools like that kind of stuff that can be used for other things. That's a different different pot different that it comes pot out of. Money. Yeah. At any rate, I got my gear legs bent. Um, which, by the way, uh, just a quick note about bending uh, wire for landing gear. Uh, so the wire is going to bend where it's heated. So you want to make sure wherever you get it red hot. Because it has to be red hot to bend without stressing the metal. Um, wherever you get it red hot, that's where it's going to bend. So if your mark is, you know, an eighth of an inch above your the vice jaws, and you heat the metal down by the vice jaws, that's where it's going to bend. So your bend is going to be an eighth inch short. So just a note, you know, line up your mark where you plan on heating it and bend it at that point, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you really don't want to heat right at the vice jaw or the vice. The, the vice jaw. Wow, vice I might have jaws. a problem with that. You don't want to heat it at the jaws of the vice or the vice jaws, sure, whatever, <laughs> because that's going to suck so much heat out of there. It does. That you're not going to be able to get a, a good yeah. heat into that. Right. So you're going to want a little or have a little bit of, of room between yep. it and where you're trying to heat up and bend. Right. And the more, the more concentrated or small uh, place you can concentrate that heat, the better because you don't want your... And in my case, I didn't want my 90-degree bend to have a one-inch radius. I wanted it nice and sharp because you're going to put a wheel on it, right, with a, wall, yeah. with a wheel collar probably. So anyway, once I got it bent, uh, and then I was able to, you know, finish the, you know, the cutouts in the wing and stuff like that. So, so now did you do the um, whole, sorry, did you okay. do the whole, like, 100 or no, 360-degree bend in that too for, like, the little I spring? I did not. Those came with those already on them. Oh, okay. I was lucky. But... That K and S tool, and I think the I think the Dubro tool, you can do that. You can make those those curly Q. Uh, those are you know, spring essentially designed to be springs. Yeah. On your landing gear, but uh, no, I did not have to do that. Thank goodness. Oh, I thought that's what you had to do. No, I, all I had to do was I had to make the ninety degree bend at the end where I wanted it for my wheel, okay. and then I had to trim the axle length. Well, that okay, so that makes a little bit more sense to me because I I thought at first you were talking about bending that circle in there. No. And so I was curious as to why you were worried about lining it up perfectly, why you wouldn't just like cut or, you know, make that bend wherever it ends up being on that rod oh, and then cut the rod yeah, yeah, the size yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And that's, if I had to do it that way, that's exactly how I would do it. Okay. I would not worry so much about the distance because you could trim it, you know, trim the end of it later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, 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 I didn't have to do that. Thank goodness. Yeah, that is. But lucky. I did have to, my, you know, my axle or my gear legs had to match. So I had to, whatever, the process I used for the first one, I had to exactly match that on the second one. So they came out to be the same length. And it worked out pretty good? And it did. Yeah. They came out within, I mean, they. Close enough to I lay them tell. together, <laughs> yeah, they're identical. So. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was one more thing. Oh, uh, so when you, this is a metallurgical little uh, tidbit. When you heat something to red hot, you're essentially. Well, not essentially, you are annealing it. So you're reverting that steel to its softest form. And sorry, just really quick. When you say red hot, that's actually a temperature. It is. So like there's red hot, there's white hot. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what they all are, but. Yeah, I don't know what the temperatures are. Actually, I, I had 
back when I was a machinist, I had a book that on heat treating that had all those temperatures. But exactly right. There were yeah. color represented a certain temperature range. And, and I that, I just learned that not that long ago yeah. and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So red hot is the temperature at which you're annealing the steel mm-hmm. and that allows it to bend without stressing and, and the granular structure and it, it doesn't misplace the molecules and stuff like that. White hot, you're actually getting the steel hot enough to actually uh, alter the molecular configuration of those molecules so they don't line up exactly the way they did before heating it. Uh, at any rate, when you heat something red hot, it becomes soft. And if you let it air cool, and or I was going to say air dry, but when you let it air cool... <laughs> and I knew um, what you meant. <laughs> it, it cools in an annealed condition, so you have to quench it. Um, and quenching it sort of locks in and brings that hardness back to the steel. And to do that, you have to heat it back up to being red hot, and then you dip it in water to rapidly cool it back to... Oil. Back to... Or oil. Yeah. Oil, the reason you do oil is because that adds carbon to the mix, and carbon-infused steel is supposed to be a little bit more um, resilient than just steel that doesn't have that carbon component. But at at the size I'm dealing with and the amount of uh, stress that it... I, I didn't need a bucket of oil to, to quench it in. And see, I always thought that the water cooled it down too quick to where it made it brittle. Brittle. I've heard that, but in my experience as a machinist, I granted we didn't we didn't do anything to the point where we had to pass well, you know, rock wall hardness tests or anything yeah. like that. But um I never experienced brittleness when quenching it that way on any of the stuff I did, so but I wasn't making hammer faces and stuff like that either. So, you know, if it's something you're gonna you know, be impacting. Yeah, maybe that makes a difference. You certainly don't want a piece of that chipping off and hitting you in the face. But um, on a landing gear wire, I'm I'm not too concerned. <laughs> yeah, it's going to see it, what, like 20 pounds of force maybe if you have a really hard landing and it shouldn't even be nearly Hopefully, that much. Yeah. Hopefully I'm pretty smooth with it. But <laughs> <laughs> You weren't with the last one. <laughs> well, that wasn't an attempted uh, landing. That was just uh, ailerons backwards. I know, but I'm still making funny for crashing <clears throat> it in case nobody else got that. Yeah, thanks. You crashed the first one. That's why we're in this whole predicament right now. I know. It's because of something you did it is. 30 years it's, ago. It's my fault. You're mm-hmm. building a dualist because it's my fault. I know. I feel like I got sucked into it. By myself. Like, I mean, I'm the one that like sucked myself into it. So that's my dualist update. Yeah, I don't have one, like I said before, so perfect. Well, you did some stuff since the last time I was here. Oh, I kept four pieces. And you got on, four pieces on glued fuselage. onto the fuselage. I mean, that's something. Wait. Yeah, that's four pieces. So not even enough to take a picture of and worry about. You should still take a progress pic. I guess I should take a picture and worry about it. Yeah. yeah okay, I'll take a picture and put okay, it online. Okay, thanks. Just to make you Just feel better. Just to appease me. Yeah. Please. Just gives me more work. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't <laughs> really. It's one picture. You're with right. A, with a little description. Hey, it's I pretty glued easy. These four okay, pieces. I'll do that. <laughs> so yeah, now do you want to talk about your Fusion 360? Which I'm all ears. So I do actually. Now, I'll preface this by saying this is more. Uh, we're kind of. I don't want to say getting off topic because this really plays into RC airplanes. Uh, but this is going to be more along the lines of 3D printing parts for RC airplanes yes. and the software that goes into doing that. Right. So there's a really cool program called Fusion 360. Uh, it's a CAD program that was designed by Autodesk. Uh, they're the same p- p- people that do like AutoCAD and, and, and all that. So this program, uh, has I've been using it for a couple of years. 
and they're, there's a, a big hullabaloo online now because there's... You really uh, like that word. I do. Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Why not? I, it's, it's an interesting word. Well, well, you just really like it. They're, they're, Quite, you've, you've made fun of me over the past for, for phrases that I've used or whatever. Like when I've said something, I think it was, I used the word atop and you made fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make fun of you for using hullabaloo. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Oh, that's it? That's you <laughs> that's making it? fun of me? I was waiting <laughs> for it. it. Okay. I'm sorry. So there's quite the hullabaloo online. Um, so Fusion 360 kind of changes the way, or, or sorry, they're kind of changing the way they're doing things. Uh, and a lot of people are not too excited about it. They're not happy about it. So Fusion 360 is actually a program that was designed for professionals. It's got a lot of features to it. Um, and it's a very expensive program for you to use in what's, business. What's very expensive? Um, let's see. They've changed their pricing around so much, but you're in the thousands of dollars. And like they've kind of changed it now to where it's a subscription service. Oh, um, and okay. for like, I, I think they have it now to where it's it's $400 a year, $500 a year, maybe something like that. I don't know because I've never really thought about doing it, uh, like paying for it. But they do have um, Fusion 360 for hobbyists uh, and for personal use. It's the same thing, but they kind of use that term back and forth. And what that means is if you're not making money with it, you get it for free, which is awesome. Um, there's a lot of people free that... Free is good. Well, free is yeah. good, especially for a program that's that powerful. That expensive. Uh, it's actually so powerful that I don't like... I don't know it very well because I haven't used it too often, but whenever I need to try and do like a 3D part, like a 3D modeled part, that's kind of my go-to for it. Um, that's what I've used to do like some cowls before and, and some other things. Um, but so they're changing it into where you don't get all the features with the free version that you do with the paid version. Now, I can't fault them for that because they never... Like when they when they went ahead and and started making this, the people that were were putting it together and designing it, they never planned on releasing it for free. I mean, they're they're a business; they're trying to make money on it. Sure. So they went ahead and and released it to hobbyists for nothing, and they had. I mean, really, it was kind of like a symbiotic relationship because the people that were using it for no charge were the ones really learning it. And kind and of giving them feedback, probably. yeah, promoting it. You're correct, and they would do like YouTube videos and all that kind sure. of stuff. So the long story short of it is, people started to not do it correctly, and they were using it commercially oh. without paying for the license. Um, you know, that's few bad apples yeah, spoiling it for the rest of you. It happens, yeah, unfortunately. So what they're doing is they're taking away a lot of the features that um, were not hidden behind a paywall and hiding it behind a paywall. Now you have to su or subscribe to it, but you still get the free version with enough, uh, enough features and stuff for everything that I would need to do. Like nothing is going to change for me. I can still design. I can still export the, uh, STL file. I can still print it with Cura on my 3d printer because I don't use that as the actual program to drive the 3d printer. You used to be able to print directly from that program to your printer. Like, it would take care of all that. You could run a, a CNC machine with that program. Does it do all the post-processing and all that, too? Well, n yes, but not on the free version anymore. 
Oh, okay. So you can't use it as a cam program like you could before. Um, however, my CNC machine and all that stuff is driven by different software completely. So I don't use that for any designs or anything like that. But I guess what I'm getting to is if you're wanting to get into the 3D printing and you're you're hearing all these people complaining now, because this takes effect August 1st is when they're putting all these changes in, um, don't worry about it. Take Did I say August 1st? You did. I lied. It's taking effect October 1st. October, okay. So uh, whatever that day is. Um, so anyway, don't be like scared to try that program if you're trying to get into 3D printing and you want to learn something. That is still by far the most powerful program that you're going to find. Even the free version. Well, especially the free version now because they're taking away the things that as a hobbyist and, you know, somebody doing something personally, you don't have to worry about. I mean, you don't need the 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 features that they're taking away. Does that make sense? It I mean, I, I don't yeah. think I'm doing a good job of trying so for, to explain for, what I'm saying. For a professional who uses those features, they're going to probably, a company's either going to buy the program for them to use or whatever. Right. So it's going to be um, transparent to them. And it's going to be transparent probably to hobbyists because they don't need those high-end features anyway because they're not mass producing or they're not doing stuff for you know a, a big company making money off of it. So it's really a lot of hullabaloo about nothing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> At least in, um, in, in, in a hobbyist size. And, and, and it is. So like I said, just don't be afraid to try the program if you're getting 3D printing. Don't shy away from it. They said they have no plans, which I know that can change, but they said they have no plans on taking away the personal use license and stuff so you can still get it for free. You just don't get everything, like you don't get all the file exports. You don't get all the, the different uh, ways of working with your files outside of the program, but it's nothing that doesn't translate over to what we are doing. So... Just, I understand like what said, you're don't, saying. Don't be afraid yeah. of it. And I, I just I went through something similar back um, when I owned my own uh, vinyl cutter, which I think you have now. I do. And I was using a free version of uh, the program was called Flexi Flexi mm -hmm. Sign, and the same sort of thing uh, happened back then. You know, it was a free version, and you could do basic, you know, basic stuff. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but. A lot of the stuff that I never used, they took away uh, and made you pay for them. And I kept using the free version like as if nothing had happened because I didn't miss anything. So I know I, I kind of um, can relate to what you're talking about. Yeah. But back then, you know, there was no forums for people to get all upset about. Oh, I mean, there's so many people on YouTube and all that that are going through, well, I'm never using them again. You know, this is baloney. This is not baloney, what they said, but, you know. Right. And, I mean, they're just very upset about it. And it's like, look, this is a company that yeah, it's a very, very powerful piece of yeah. software well, you have that to they own the rights to. Yeah, it's a company, and they're in business right. to make money. I mean, that's why they're in business. They're trying to feed their families and, you yeah. know, earn a living and just like we are. And, you know, if uh, if closing some features down and making people pay for them helps them to pay their bills, then you can't fault them for that. And, like, even now, I think, like, you can get the, the next step up that pretty much has everything. If I remember in the email I saw for, it was like 40 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, maybe something in there. And, and if, if you're, you're making money lot, with it. Yeah. I mean, that's just a cost of new business. Right. Yeah. Like, after I bought that vinyl cutter off of you, I ended up buying an actual piece of software from Roland um, that did everything that the the trial version you had did and more. Yeah. And it works great. Yeah. 
So that's kind of my thought on things. I, I don't have a problem paying for software if it's going to do what I need it to do. Yeah. The software for the CNC machine was very expensive. Um, but it was worthwhile because now I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, can it, do pretty much whatever you need to do without worrying about the limitation of the program you're using. So when I when I first did the CNC machine and built the computer for it, I tried to use the Linux-based uh, uh, CNC software. Like they had, they had an actual Linux build that was made just for driving CNC machines. And I thought, perfect. You know, I, I love the free software thing. I loved Ubuntu. I loved all that kind of stuff. But just... I, I paid, and I, I think the software I bought for it was three or four hundred bucks. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's not Windows. That's nothing like that. That's just the software to drive the CNC machine to actually take care of the G code, hmm. to output it to the, the motor controllers and stuff. But you know what? With that, like, I, I finally got so sick of the Linux thing because there would always have crashes. There would always be problems. And I was spending so much time trying to figure out and chase these little demons down and figure out what's going wrong with it that I wasn't getting anything else done. By spending that, like I said, three or four hundred bucks, whatever it was on the on the software that I'm using now, I have not had to deal with it once. I installed it, I set it up, and I've never had a problem. Yeah. Well worth the it money. It runs when you hit start. Yeah. Yeah. So other yeah. than me losing a computer once, I've never no. had a problem. But yeah, that's not that's the, software not the software's fault. problem. No. <laughs> so you know, I guess just when things like that happen, all I'm saying is calm down, take a deep breath, figure out what's going on. And for us hobbyists that would use this Fusion 360 for what we're doing, no difference. Yeah. Because really we're doing it the way they want you to do it. Exactly. You know, we still have access to the files that we need because we're not, you know, we're 3D printing things. We're not doing anything industrial. Right. And all the, the, file types and stuff they've taken away are more industrial types. One of the things they took away that I'm not too fond of is the DXF file export, um, but apparently they said there's still a way to kind of work around that, and DXF is like all I work with when it comes to CNC stuff. It's it's like a, a DWG format, um, but just more, instead of being uh, Autodesk, which is DWG, it's more like everybody else knows DXF files, and so that's what the 2D CAD is done in that I work with. So. Okay. I hope I didn't bore you. But no, that was, I, that's I, all I, I understand going DWG. I used that um, when I was using, uh, we used auto, or I'm sorry, we used, uh, what was it called? Uh, AutoCAD? Uh, no, CAD Cam. Oh. It was, a, was one of the programs I used back in the machine shop days and. Yeah, I've heard same, of that. Same type of deal, there's, DWG files. And, yeah, there's yeah. that. And then one of the other free programs for like CNC stuff is CamBam. And they just, they don't have the the features that you get with a paid program. Yeah. So yeah. that happens. Yeah. But you can still use the program for, for hobbyist type stuff, which is good news for us hobbyists. Yeah, and it really is. Like I said, the, the people that are... I think, and I could be wrong, but the people that are really upset about it, I think are the people that were using it incorrectly to begin with. So probably the people that were, yeah. you know, more industrial and yeah. shouldn't be using it. People making the most noise were the ones that were causing the problems to begin with. <laughs> right. Weird. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that's uh, that's your Fusion 360 rant. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I forgot to mention on last week's episode that. Uh, uh, although things went swimmingly at the field when I flew that SBOC, I did have I did encounter one problem uh, on the first flight, and that was the uh, servo arm, you know, the 
bolts to the servo mm-hmm. actually came off of one of my ailerons in flight. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was weird because I was flying scary. along, and this was the very first flight, you know, basically my maiden of that airplane. And uh, even though everything went great, about half, well, more than halfway, almost the end of the flight, I noticed the response on the ailerons wasn't like it was at the beginning of the flight. I was like, well, that's kind of strange. And, you know, timer was going off. It was time to land anyway. So I was like, okay, well, I'll shoot an approach here, see how it goes. And if I like it, I'll go ahead and land. If not, I'll go around and try another one. So I made my approach, and as I'm, you know, as I turn on to final, I'm looking at the airplane, obviously, because you look at the airplane because you're flying it. <laughs> That's usually how I do it. Well, Mo- not, I guess not everybody not does. Not everybody, not, you know, we yeah, know Reggie. somebody that likes to uh-huh. not look at his airplane uh, <laughs> while flying it. But anyway, I looked at the air. I'm looking at the airplane, and I noticed that there's something hanging down off the like the right hand wing, underneath it. And as it gets closer, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and land. But there's something, you know, not right about the... And then as it goes in front of me, you know, I'm a few feet off the ground, I haven't quite touched down, I see that it's the actual control rod with the servo horn attached to it hanging in the airstream. And, of course, the right aileron is drooping. And that explains why the ailerons were not responding the way they were at the beginning of the flight. So I landed, you know, it was no issue. Everything was fine. Uh, But when I got back, yeah, I uh, went over and, uh, yeah, the horn had just popped right off of the servo output arm. That is scary. Output shaft, rather. So, yeah, that uh, that was kind of a wake-up call. So I uh, called it a day. You know, I put the horn back on, but I was like, you know, probably ought to go over every nut and bolt on this thing, because I didn't. You know, I acquired this airplane sort of mid-season, yeah. so I didn't have my beginning-of-the-season go-over checks with this airplane like I do all my airplanes. Uh, anyway... So I packaged it up, put you know, took it back home. By the way, did I mention last week that I could get both of these airplanes in the car at the same time? You did. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. I don't are. have to buy a new vehicle now. <laughs> well, you still should. Yeah. <laughs> so I got it home, and uh, it took took uh, you know took all the servo arms off the servos and uh, put them back on. And I used what's going to be our tool of the week this week. It's time for RC Plane Labs tool of the week. Loctite. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not normally a fan of Loctite because uh, I do have some horror stories of trying to disassemble things that were assembled with Loctite. But if you use Loctite correctly, it's a wonderful tool. It really is. Um, yeah, not too much. Yep. There's several different types, right? Okay. So there's, you know, and each label's, you know, each label will tell you what it is, what its purpose is. Uh, whatever you do, um, don't put red Loctite not the red bottle now. I'm talking about the liquid that is red on anything you ever plan on dis, dis, uh, <laughs> disassembling because it is permanent. Yeah. Like, and permanent means permanent. Yeah. It, like you're going to strip the screw. You are going to cut it apart. Yeah. Because you're going to have to because it will not release. But anyway, um, I use the blue Loctite. I'm a big fan of the blue Loctite. It comes, at least the, the stuff I have is in a red tube, but the liquid itself is blue. That's uh, confusing, by the way. It is. Yeah, Loctite could probably do a better job with packaging, but... Uh, Somebody didn't think that through But at read all. the label. It, like I said, it will tell you, usually it'll tell you what color the, the actual Loctite liquid is, and it'll tell you what its use is for. But I think there's like three or four different strengths of Loctite, but... Um, so I went over every nut and bolt on the airplane and Loctited all the stuff that was metal to metal, and uh, and then I you know, went and flew it again the next... Uh, or the day after, and everything was fine. So, Loctite, tool lesson, of the week. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I maybe, like Loctite now. 
maybe next time <laughs> just need to go over everything before you before you take it out just to be safe then probably not a bad idea yeah that's probably really good advice that i should uh start uh start using hey that but you know free. really until until this until that deal uh, netted me those airplanes um it'd been a while since i had bought an airplane used or new yeah now honestly did, did you so, go over it like at all and look well, so, I did a very general, like when I, you know, cause obviously I had to bind it to my fancy new radio, um, and make sure all the surfaces were going the right directions. And, and when I do that, I sort of, you know, kind of look at everything, but I, I didn't actually take a wrench to any of the nuts and bolts and check their tightness, which I should have. Yeah. So the screw came out of the servo horn then? The screw came out of the servo shaft, the right? Shaft, the spline right. shaft, and then the horn popped off. And these are- And so it stayed on the horn? The screw did? Or did you lose the screw? No, the screw was gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just so that, a two and a half what, I think that's kind of what threw me. Oh, okay. No, the screw came out of the servo output shaft, and then the horn popped off, and or the arm, excuse me, popped well, off. And well, heck, it might not have been there to begin with. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe? I would think that I would have seen that during the whole setup uh, process, but maybe not. I mean, it, it's a possibility. But these these are the these are really nice. Uh, arms, they're the Hangar 9 aluminum ones with the set screws, oh, or yeah. the, the pinch screws, yeah, you know so what I'm saying? Yeah, so it actually holds on. Yeah, so there's actually like the, the servo output shaft screw holds the arm onto the shaft, and then there's two set screws on the arm itself that squeeze, you know, and pinch it onto the... So there's technically three screws that hold this thing onto the servo, and all three of them failed. Wow. Yeah. That's extremely scary. It I is. mean, like, that should not happen. Yeah, it, uh, yeah I was... Uh, I was taken aback. Because those are like fail-safes built in, so this doesn't happen, and, and it, it still happened. happened. To be fair, those pinch bolts were, were also loose. They had not been tightened. Hmm. Well. So probably an oversight on the original setup, or, you know, obviously an oversight on my part for not checking them, but yeah. they're all checked now, and all is good, <laughs> and it flies beautifully. And so. they're lock-tighted They in. are lock Tighted. Yeah, I, I guess that's the right way to say I it. I guess so. They lock, have locked, had Loctite applied to them, and they are now semi-permanently attached. Hopefully. Awesome. Yeah, just wanted to mention that, that I didn't mention that last week, and I should have. But yeah, tool of the week this week, Loctite. Get you some metal to metal. It works great. Cool. There you go. Till next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.